0: It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation, sound off like I got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do, and please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, JT in Vegas here. Thanks for listening all over the country on the Raiders mobile app on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the silver and black. The Raiders will leave tomorrow to head out to Pittsburgh to play Pittsburgh. Saturday night in the late window, a whole bunch of people are tweeting about the weather. It'll be 10 degrees, but with wind chill, it could be minus 5. Whatever it is, it's going to be cold, it's a night game, and the Raiders have to win. I'd like to hear from Raider fans. The first hour, we had just nothing but interviews. Our 20-minute conversation with Phil Villapiano was one for the ages as he's representing himself and his family for Franco Harris. He's on the ground in Pittsburgh talking about his friendship, the immaculate reception, and how far back he goes with Franco to his rookie year in 1972 and how they built a beautiful friendship over the years. I saw it up close when Phil brought Franco to the Black Hole tailgate, inducted him into the Black Hole Hall of Fame. The Black Hole did that at that time. I'll never forget it. Being on the field with them, the Raiders put out an amazing tweet on behalf of the Raiders, including the Black Hole, rightfully so, on that great induction day. The tweet is out. We're in it. It was really cool to be a part of that in a small way. I got a chance to interview Franco and Phil on the 50-yard line before that game, and Phil has a heavy heart. And I I would just imagine, you know, I'm I'm at the age and – you start to hear my parents are both 84 and I got aunts and uncles and I got friends of my parents and so many athlete friends I've been blessed and lucky to become friends of. And they're going and we're losing them. And when you do lose them, you try to drop everything and get to the service, the memorial, the celebration of life. But depending on where you live, you might not be able to go to everyone. And Phil knew he had to be there for Franco and he'll be there as a Raider first, but a great friend of Franco. Right behind that. And I think it's important this week will be the week we remember this game. We'll remember this game coming up for a long time. Because it's an elimination game. Whoever loses is out. Uh, the Raiders need to win this game. And they need to win it impressively. They've got to come out and make a statement. But most fans who are listening to me this week don't seem to have an opinion on how to win this game. Throwing it. Running it. You know, how do you do it? How do you win a game like this where the weather is going to be so unique. The game time forecast for a lot of these games are not going to be accurate until about a half hour before the game. But let's all assume for this conversation it's going to be brutal. Ice cold with wind chill. If they're able to throw the ball and there isn't a lot of wind, do you think Carr can do it? I know know he can do it better than Kenny Pickett. I'm positive about that. And the Raiders have the better running back. They have the better wide receiver. They have the better tight end. They have the better slot receiver. I think their defensive end, Max Crosby, a pro bowler, when T.J. Watt's healthy or Cam Hayward's playing at a very high level. Highsmith, who they have, who has 11 sacks. They have a they have a better defensive line because it's deeper. It's a deeper line. And then their cornerbacks are usually better than the Raiders. They've had ball hawks over the years who make big plays. Kicking game could get neutralized. I like having A.J. Cole in a game like this, knowing that he has a big boot and he can kick it deep because the Raiders might need that in a big way. And the Raiders' special teams did not lose the game for them against New England. Actually won them the game on the Malcolm Coons block. So if you want to give me the score of this game, I'd like to hear what you think the score is going to be. Is it going to be below the total on this game? The total opened up at 40. It's down to 38, to 38.5, depending on what casino you're shopping here. So if you look at that score, if you want to go under the total of 38, you know, you're know you looking at twenty-four. You you're looking at 24-14. If you're thinking about that score, which I initially was, maybe it's lower than that. Maybe it's 21-10, right? Maybe it's 21-14. I don't know what you're thinking in this game. I wish this game was played in the great summer-type weather. If this was played week one or two, and Waller and Renthrow were playing at 100%, I got to think the Raiders could have an aerial attack that could blow them out. But I can't go that far with this weather. But I'd like to see Carr attempt to do it. How many times this year did Derek throw a deep ball that was caught where everybody just looked at each other and said, why doesn't he do that more? Devontae was wide open. Darren Waller was wide open last week. Keenan Cole got behind the defense and made that unbelievable catch that was reviewed and kept as a touchdown. Can Derek let those guys get open deep, or does he have to rush the play? He has to rush the play because of obvious reasons. The offensive line isn't great, and he knows the ball has to come out quickly. I'm trying to figure this out with me, but it doesn't feel like many Raider fans are confident in this game coming off what's happening. Maybe it's the holidays. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know what it is with you, but wake up out of the slumber because I'm not doing this type of radio four months in the offseason. I promise you, man. You'll be hearing more LeBron James talk than you ever heard in your life because the Raider season's on the brink. And I talk about teams in the playoffs. We'll continue to talk about the Raiders. They got the Niners and the Chiefs coming up. We're good. But this is an elimination game. I don't know what's going to happen next week against Santa Clara. Because Santa Clara is coming to town with a lot of fans. Just probably about the same, if not more, than the Patriot fans. And I need the Raiders to be alive as they get off the bus in that building. I need the Raiders to know that they are still statistically alive, mathematically alive, and I think they can beat Brock Purdy. And I think that Josh McDaniels, if he can get this team home with a win in Pittsburgh, and they'll have a little extra time off, if they can come home, I think Josh McDaniels can install an offense that's already installed but open it up to go up against Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan is very aggressive, and he's going to open up the offense for Brock Purdy. And I think the Raiders in that game at Allegiant Stadium indoors against the 49ers, with the 49ers just playing for something really big, Really big. That's going to be a shootout. I don't think this game's going to be a shootout. I think this game's going to be close. It has a feel for me like it's going to be 21-20, 21-17, 17-14. It, it feels like that coming in, but you never know until you play the game. In that cold, there could be a fumble. There could be a muff punt. Anything could happen that could change the course of the game. Raider fans, unite. Get in here. 702-365-9200. Tell me what you think. Again, it's Pittsburgh currently minus two at the Westgate with our friend Jeff Sherman. At South Point, it's minus two and a half. Over at DraftKings, minus two. Where is it at Circa? I'm going to be at Circa tonight. Minus two and a half, Pittsburgh over the Raiders. If you're a Raider fan, I think you bet the Raiders on the money line. and You go with the Raiders to win that game outright because the season's on the line. If you love that, let me know. All right, Just Win Wendy. Always good to see you, Wendy. I want to thank you for everything all year long. You come to the Torch. You come to all the events. You come to the yeah. remotes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate our friendship here.
1: Yeah. Well, I got a couple of points to make, and I know you always say, call in if, like you got a pair. Well, I got a pair, but they're a little <laughs> bit north. So um, <laughs> what I want to say is, number one, I don't. there's one person I trust in the cold weather, it's got to be Josh McDaniels. He's been he's mm-hmm. been playing in cold weather games for how many years? Yeah, and yeah. he's got those six Super Bowl rings. And he's going to be able to balance where the where the ball where the play is going to go. I know Tay has been playing in cold weather games for nine years. I know you know several other players that have come into our team this year have played in a lot of cold weather games. So I don't want to say, oh, the weather is going to mess us up. I want to say the weather is something we are going to be able to conquer. And number two, my biggest point, we got a win for those players on the, on the Raiders who lost that Fargan game back when George Blanda, Willie Brown, Freddie, all those guys walked off the field and they didn't win that game. So we got to get out there and win it for those guys, not because Franco Harris, he was a great guy. I got that. But we got to win to revenge what happened there. So please tell those players they got to get out there and win for those guys. And, uh, and I'm, all, I'm all in. I'm saying we're going to win. I know it's going to be close, but I refuse to, to uh, say a score because it's bad luck for me.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you, Wendy. Just win Wendy checking in. Always good to see her. She makes a really good point about wanting to avenge the loss on the 50th year of the Immaculate Reception. That's a very good point. I don't think the guys who are sitting in their locker 10 minutes before the game are going to think about the Immaculate Reception. But they're going to get out on the field and they're going to see a bunch of gold jackets there. And that's one of the things I love, don't like, I love about working for the Raiders is when you're down on the sideline and you see Marcel Reese there and he's working the sidelines, but then all of a sudden you start seeing the gold jackets. They're there for a reason. Freddie B's down there. Marcus Allen's down there. Ted Hendricks. And when they all come together for these ceremonies for Coach Flores or Charles Woodson and the Lake Cliff Ranch, they're there strategically for a reason. They're on the sidelines and the other team looks over there and you get to see six guys with gold jackets. That's what the Raiders are going to see when they're on the field for pregame and they get ready for halftime and they come back out and to see all the legends who are there for Franco Harris. That should give them some juice. That better give them some juice because I know Max Crosby is at the beginning of building a Hall of Fame career. Chandler Jones could be a Hall of Famer. He's got the stats to get in, I'm telling you. Devonte Adams is all but a lock to make the Hall of Fame if he doesn't get injured. Some good players out there for the Raiders. And Wendy made a good point. Devontae's played his whole career in Green Bay. He's played in a lot of cold weather games. Derek's okay in the cold. But Josh Jacobs is going to be very important. He's got to hold on to that ball in cold weather. He's been running hard, and he's been doing a nice job with ball security which is a really big deal. 702-365-9200. If you want to get in, Hardcore Raider on the flagship here on a Thursday. Yeah, it's
2: Thursday. Go ahead. Hey, JT, man. It's going to be a run, run, and some more run with, you know, the silver bullet, Josh Jacobs. We got to run all over this team, man. I've I've lived in cold weather games. You know, I've called. I've been talking about it because I know it's a big deal. But Mm -hmm. nobody wants to tackle on both sides of the ball. When it's that cold, you don't want to hit people. So these guys got to, you know, they got to acclimate. It's hard in a short period of time, but they just got to physically force themselves out there to just their bodies being used to being that, that type of cold. They got to wear some thermals. All of them should be wearing gloves. They need some hand warmers and just run it right down their throat and just keep doing it. I don't care how many times, I don't care if it's 90% runs, but I'm going to say run the ball and let's get Darren Waller involved. Cause you know, Darren Waller, he's a big dude. You know, some guys aren't going to be wanting hitting hit and, uh, Waller the baller. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like this is a, the Raiders' road to redemption. So we just broke the tuck curse. Let's go break this immaculate deception curse. Let's go, Raiders.
0: Thank you. Yeah, you're right about that. A lot of fans think that tuck rule curse was broken because of the style of play that won the game with Chandler Just Believe whatever you want. That's what's fun about being a fan. You can believe in curses and breaking curses. And I'll make sure equipment man legend Bobby Romansky knows to pack gloves and hand warmers believe me Bobby Romansky, who's one of the most iconic and recognized equipment managers in all the sports for the Raiders he knows what he has his, his late father was also great at it and the Raiders will be prepared they'll have everything they need they haven't had to use their winter gear right? look at the Raider road games this year Seattle was cold a little bit cold but wasn't you know threatening snowstorms and all that they played LA they played at the Chargers and at the Rams in the same building not cold there. The weather was fine. This is the Raiders' big test for weather. It is. It's going to be hard. I, that, you know, if you've got to play your whole time Buffalo, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, you know when you get your home schedule. You look right at the December games, and you hope you get a team like Miami coming in or a dome team. And I'm sure there are people in Pittsburgh saying, I'm thrilled that the Raiders who play indoors in a warm-weather city are coming to town. Now, if you live out here, and we've got a lot of listeners who listen outside of Vegas, it's been cold in Vegas. It's been getting into the high 20s and the low 30s out in Henderson with some wind, and I'm sure they're getting work out there, but it's nothing compared to Pittsburgh at night uh, on Christmas Eve. That's about as cold as it can get. And then Chicago's going to be worse, and it seems like a couple of these cities, as Lee mentioned, Kansas City, there's going to be worse temperature environments than even what the Raiders are playing in Pittsburgh for some other teams. So I think they're going to step up. I think they're going to play well. They're going to be prepared. And you'll hear the conversation with Josh McDaniels tomorrow. He's coached so many big games in that building. He told me a story. We talk off the record before we get mic'd up and and start. It's just a brief conversation. I don't share any of that here because it's a private conversation. But we talked about some of the games he's coached in that building. They were big, a lot bigger than this. This is the most important game because it's now. But you look at Josh McDaniels' six Super Bowl rings, and a lot of them he had to go through Pittsburgh pittsburgh and foxborough in december or pittsburgh at then heinz field in december he's got tremendous experience coaching in these cold weather games with the season on the line i'm hoping that that's going to be the difference here i'm hoping that that's going to be the key is the coach because the other coach on the sideline mike tomlin he gets his players to play james is in vegas we appreciate him listening on 920 james you're up next go ahead please
3: hey Glad to be calling, first-time caller. I just want you you to remember that coach, John Carroll University, that's in Cleveland. It's Mm -hmm. cold there. He's played from grade school, high school in Northeast Ohio. Mm -hmm. This guy knows how to coach, and he knows cold weather. The Raiders, what, 37 years ago, red-right 88, throws an interception, in the end zone, to a Raider, mm-hmm. Raiders win, move on. Cleveland got their golf clubs and
0: went yeah, it. Was at, yep, Raiders won the Super Bowl. It was a huge, huge Red Wright 88. Mike Davis yep. and the importance of that game, one of the great moments and great name games. I have all the name games in front of me. Red Right 88 is near the top of the list. Legendary game, which meant a lot because it was the playoffs leading to a Super Bowl.
3: Yeah. Hmm? They had to get by Cleveland, and they did. Yeah. And who was the warm weather team? Oh, by the way, it was 22 below zero. I was there that day in
0: Cleveland Stadium, wow. the old
3: Cleveland Stadium.
0: How about that? How about that? So, you were there for that.
3: Yeah. I've, I've been out here with uh, aviation for 37 years. we uh,
0: well, good for you, man. Thanks for calling in. Keep calling in. Uh, you got some good history behind you with the Raiders. We love that.
3: Yeah, the other part of it is I also work for them. I'm out in those orange shirts with Safe Management. Oh, good. Great company Mm -hmm. to make sure everybody stays safe and smart.
0: Thank you for what you do. Appreciate it. Happy holidays. Thanks for calling in there. We like people that work or work around the team. And whatever you want to call in, let us know what you do. Maybe someone will hear it on on the radio and say, I know that guy. I work with him. I know that gal. I work with her. I could use her business, her services, whatever. Whatever we can do to help you. Love hearing what you do for a living. You know what I do for a living. At least this job. Love to know what you have to do. Uh, 702-365-9200. A lot of news today. Jalen Hurts isn't going to play for Philadelphia against Dallas. That's a big one. Philadelphia should, should be okay to remain the one seed and get a bye week. But if Jalen Hurts isn't playing against the Cowboys and they don't play him one more time and then he gets a bye week, He could be sitting out missing a lot of football down the stretch. I think they want to get him back in. And the most important race is in the AFC between Buffalo and Kansas City. If Buffalo keeps that one seed, the playoffs will go through Orchard Park, New York. And the way this Bills Mafia has grown and stepped up, I don't think anybody can win there. My Super Bowl pick before the start of the season is the Buffalo Bills. I'll stay with that. Let's go out to South Carolina. Alex is joining us on the broadcast. Hello, Alex.
2: Hey JT, what's going on, man? Doing Thanks good. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Just wanted to chime in a little bit. So, I just want to start off by saying, I actually, I'm in South Carolina, as you know, and I'm going to the game. It's kind of oh. a last second decision. Wow. I was listening to the morning tailgate, and uh, Heidi had mentioned how you know how cheap the tickets are, right? And so I hopped online, and sure enough, I found a good good pair of tickets for so me and my wife for making a drive out there. And I'm, you know, been a Raider mm-hmm. fan since birth. It feels like, so I'm super excited. And yeah, there's still a lot to play for. I get what you're saying. I feel like some of Raider Nation right now is maybe a little quiet, no mm-hmm. opinion one way or the other. But, man, I'm excited. This is December. It's still meaningful football. Like you said, they're still in it. And you guys make great points. I think Josh McDaniels will be a difference maker. I think Adams will be a difference maker. I think that dog mentality I'm confident that, mm-hmm. that Max Crosby has, that Perryman has, that these leaders have, is going to rub off on everyone. In a cold-weather game, More, I think, my personal opinion, more, more important than X's and O's specifically is the mentality. Because no one wants to be out there. It's cold, man. So whoever gets smacked in the face and keeps on rolling, I think is the team that's going to win. And I think Josh Jacobs is going to wear on these guys, which will inevitably open up that pass game. I think Derek wow. Carr, you know, is going to have some up their sleeves. So I'm excited, man. It's going to be it's going to be a great atmosphere. If you're a football fan, that's somewhere you definitely want to be. And, and I'm excited, man. I think I got the Raiders. I think 24-13 is what I'm going with.
0: So you're driving. You're not flying, right? You're driving.
2: Yes, sir. I'm man. driving. Last so second. you're not Last you're not second. concerned yes, about sir. that
0: weather because that weather's supposed to get really bad. What Friday or Saturday morning? What are you thinking? Yep.
2: Yeah, exactly. So we're we're going to leave uh, hopefully early Saturday morning. It's about an eight-hour drive from here. Uh, wow. Obviously, I'll keep an eye on the radars and whatnot. Sure. Try to map safe. out the best way to go. But
0: yep. Okay. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling and telling us about that. And thanks to Heidi for giving you the heads up to go look online for those tickets. That's great. That's yes, what radio is all about. Take care, be safe and uh, let us know how it goes next week. Hopefully it's a win next week. It's a celebration week and really a big preview for the 49ers. If the Raiders lose, which I don't think they will, then we're still going to preview the Niners and the importance of beating the Niners as the Raiders will still have an opportunity this year. If they win to win, you know, seven, eight games, eight games. I, I don't start the season off wanting eight wins or nine wins. We'll see the Raiders win 12 or 13 and go to the Super Bowl. But this year, with all the gut punches they took, they have an opportunity to be above 500 or close to it, play out the schedule, and play it out hard. I just saw this as I'm watching NFL Live. The Minnesota Vikings have 10 wins this year by one score. One-score games. Look at all the Raider losses in one-score games. What's the difference between the Vikings and the Raiders? Well, the Raiders are losing these one-score games that are keeping them out of the playoffs for now, and the Vikings have 10 of them. Wins. We're talking wins, not games. So that's how close it is in this league. The Vikings were down 33 to nothing to Indy and came back and won. That might be one of the biggest storylines. That got washed away last week because of the Chandler Jones win here in Vegas and the great play that he made. 702 365 9200. Eddie Pascal's going to join us here in a few minutes. We're going to talk to him. Uh, he's inside the facility. I saw him today. He was tightening up a podcast at the end. He'll tell us what he has going. And we'll talk to him coming up here in a little bit. Uh, Let me get Bob in Chicago. I don't want to keep people on hold long distance. Bob, you're up next. Nice to wait and go, please.
3: Hey, JT. Bob in Chicago, 62-year-old Raider fan. It's fortunate to have seen the original immaculate reception. Mm -hmm. I think going into this game, um, Josh McDaniels needs to take advantage of Waller and Renfro to give Jacobs a break. uh, If we just go and try to pound the rock, it's too simple to stop. Mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll leave it at that, and uh, go Raiders.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of truth to that. I, I really believe that. You'll hear my conversation with the coach tomorrow. You know, It's usually the same conversation about how good the other team is, what's the strength of the other team, but I agree with that call. I, I really believe that there needs to be some explosiveness with this offense. At times, I believe it's too conservative. It's conservative for a reason. I think the lack of star power on the offensive line, and what Coach McDaniels believes he can do here and what Derek thinks he can do. I just wanna I want Derek to stop checking the protection. Just to go to the line, maybe make a quick ad- adjustment and snap the ball with 18 seconds left on the play clock. Now if you're up seventeen, I'd drain the play clock down to one. But if it's a tie ball game, 10-10 in the third quarter, giddy up. Get some blood flow going. Get some people going. I talked to Marcus Allen about it at the Bolitnikoff. Get everybody going. Get their blood flowing. Have them play a little bit faster. I think it helps the Raiders with Darren Waller and getting Devontae going. Those are guys that they need to get them going. They have to feed them. You can't get them one ball every 13 or 14 chances. Give it to them a lot, and let's see what happens. And if you go three and out because you have three incomplete passes, you got to live with it. But you got to take some chances here in Pittsburgh if the weather permits it. More of your phone calls coming up. 702-365-9200. Get in now. I'll get you on the other side. Aaron Judge had his press conference for the Yankees. That was really good. Deion Sanders is recruiting Colorado the way Las Vegas should be recruiting for the Rebels. I don't know. I mean, Deion Sanders is better than any coach I've seen in Vegas in quite some time. But Deion's out trying to pick off five stars. What are they doing in Vegas here with the Rebels? We'll look into that as we continue, JT. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah.
4: It was
2: three in the morning. I was back in California. I was, you know, on the phone with Hal. Uh, he shot me a message earlier about. What's the holdup? You know, what's what's it going to take to, you know, get this to the finish line? So we, we hopped on a quick call and, you know, we, we worked some things out. And, and then at the very end, he, he spoke about, you know, Thurman Munson was his favorite player and how important uh, the captain and and that honor is to not only him and his family, but the, the team and this organization. A
0: Aaron Judge on his contract. He had his big day yesterday. Interesting. My favorite player of my life was Thurman Munson. The guy you just mentioned there, the former captain of the Yankees who died in a plane crash. Now, Aaron Judge is the newest captain of the Yankees. We'll get back to some other topics, but thrilled to talk to Eddie Pascal. You hear all of his content, the digital content, the podcast over at Raiders.com and also on Raider Nation Radio. And Eddie, I saw you earlier today kind of working and tightening up some podcasts. What do you got going on over the holidays at Raiders.com?
4: Man, we're still crushing it, JT. I was I was joking with someone the other day, and they were like, "Oh, you're going to take some time off for the holidays?" And I said, like, uh... not really. I mean, you know how it is, especially during the football season." Silver and Black Productions rocking and rolling, and uh, and real quick, I just want to give a shout out to uh, to James Vega and his team because they put mm-hmm. out that fantastic uh, immaculate reception piece, which I got to encourage everyone to head on over to YouTube and check out. I mean, I know that you know you and I have talked about it, but I mean, really, what they were able to do, what James and his team were able to do, especially leading into the anniversary, really, I mean, just top notch content across the board there. Yeah,
0: it was tremendous content, and I'll even take it farther. We'll pull back, we'll pull back the curtain here that Mark Davis has committed a team in house to archive the history of the team and then go all around the country to talk to the living members of the organization and even the opponents. Because what I loved about the Immaculate Reception, that's the freshest new content of Terry Bradshaw. That wasn't produced by the Steelers. That was produced in cooperation with Terry Bradshaw and Frenchie Fuqua to get all that new content, which was amazing
4: yeah and I think one thing, and and I tell my buddies this all the time, you know one thing that i'm I'm so proud of this place that you know the Raiders as a whole, is you know Mark Davis all the way down is the commitment to teaching new fans the history. Of the silver and black, right? I think it's one thing for for folks like you and I who have been here, who have had a chance to learn the history and to be involved in the history. But I think one thing, and I say it all the time, that I'm really proud of is that it is a organizational pillar to teach the next generation of fans about these players, about these moments, and why they're really important.
0: Yeah, it's it's a necessity because we're in a new market here in Vegas, and that's a really good point. Eddie Pascal joins us, so. The weather, when I asked Coach McDaniels today in my conversation, he, he didn't have a problem. I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on the weather because it's Captain Obvious. Everybody knows it's going to be super cold. But mm-hmm. Coach McDaniels has coached a lot of big games at the former Heinz Field there. I mean, really big games, AFC Championship games and Divisional games, which he's won. So he knows how to get a team prepared to come out on that field in December.
4: Yeah, and I mean, if you really think about it, too, when the Raiders are at their best offensively, they're built to withstand temperatures like this, right? Like when they are at their best and they're controlling the line of scrimmage and Josh Jacobs is getting his touches and Derek Carr and Devontae are able to work off of that, you know, get the play action going. This is a team that is built... To travel and, and, you know, thrive in inclement weather. And, and look, the reality is it's going to be cold, but I think the important thing to remember is it's going to be cold for the Steelers too, right? It's not like the, the Steelers are going to have some sort of magical device that's going to keep them warm. So I think really if the, if the Raiders can commit to who they've been when they've been at their best in 2022, uh, I like their chance. It's going to be an incredibly uh, emotional game for the Steelers. That place is going to be rocking. You and I both know that. But uh, like I said, you, you look at what the Raiders do when they're at their best, and it's run the ball, control the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, then, and like I said, if they can do just that, who cares if it's 100 degrees or, or 3 degrees or somewhere in the middle?
0: Eddie Pascal joins us from the Ra- Raiders digital team, all the podcast and a teammate here on Raider Nation Radio. I'm waiting for that explosive game, and I don't, I don't think it's going to happen here with the passing game because of the weather. I hope I'm wrong. I'm just ready for the, Derek to put up 21 in the first half and 20 in the second half. I've been waiting for this 40-point performance, this 350 yards, four touchdowns because he's got the weapons to do it. Now, most of the year, Eddie, he didn't have Waller and Renfro. Now he does, and i got to throw out this cold-weather game. If they can just win this game, I'm predicting a shootout against Brock Purdy, and I don't think Brock Purdy can keep up with Derek Carr, but Derek's got to win this game first at all costs.
4: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, one hundred percent there, where it's focus on Saturday. Let's get through Saturday, uh, and then see what shakes out. Uh, you know, on, on New Year's Day against the uh, the rival Niners. But uh, I'm with you, and it feels like when we when we talk about Derek's 2022, and, and we really kind of uh, you know zoom out a little bit, we've seen the glimpses of what this offense mm-hmm. could be with Derek rocking and rolling, right? We have seen those explosive plays to Devontae. We've seen explosive multiple, pl- uh, excuse me, explosive multiple plays to Devontae over the course of a game. But I think it's, it's like you said it's seeing it for a full four quarters it's seeing it for a full 60 minutes on offense it's saying hey look you know we're going to take what the defense is going to give us but there's also that fine line of imparting your will on the defense too so I mean you brought up the fact that Derek has all these fantastic weapons we're going to have Renfro back you have Waller back now game two for them after kind of the extended uh, sit down there so I, I'm with you it feels like it's close. I don't know uh, if we're going to see it on Saturday just because of the, the reasons you mentioned the weather the wind all that kind of stuff but I mean it. It feels like they're right there, doesn't it? It
0: does. Eddie Pascal, as we wrap it up, it feels like they're really close here. I broke down the numbers. As we talked today, you and I were in the podcast studio. They got a number 1 receiver with 77 receptions and no touchdowns. Najee Harris averages less than 60 yards a game. They have, the, both their quarterbacks have a high completion percentage, 65%, but they have more interceptions and touchdowns. I'm looking at this game going, how did this team get the six wins with those stats? And it flips over to the defensive side where they're real dominant.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, too, where, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers uh, right now as well, and, you know, you look at passing touchdown leaders, and Derek Carr has 23 for the Raiders. Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky combined have eight. Uh, and so you, you kind of just look at the disparity specifically in the offense side of the football. And to your point, you're like, how did this Pittsburgh team, an incredibly well-coached, disciplined Pittsburgh team, but how did they get to 6-8 and eight too? So mm-hmm. I think you're 100% right where this defense is good. Uh, this is a top-seven defense against the run, talking about the Steelers. And I think that's really what this game is going to come down to, Can the Raiders run the ball against a really, really good Pittsburgh front? And if they're able to do that, I mean, to to what we were talking about earlier, I will take Derek Carr and and his weapons over uh, Mitchell Trubisky and what they're doing in Pittsburgh any day of the week.
0: All right, Eddie, so they leave tomorrow. You're in the building there. There's a lot of good people working behind the scenes. I just mentioned Bobby Romanski and the equipment staff, for those who don't know who he is. He's one of the best. Uh, they they got to move an army of equipment an army of equipment to Pittsburgh with all the warm weather clothes and all the equipment there. This is a complete team effort. It's the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. A lot rides on this team getting out of Vegas, getting to Pittsburgh with that weather, and hopefully coming home with a win.
4: Yeah, and I, th- I think just if you're a fan of, of the game, I think that Saturday night's going to be a lot of fun, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like there's definitely going to be a little kind of magic in the air out there in Pittsburgh. You know, we've talked about the historic nature of this rivalry between the Raiders and the Steelers, uh, two incredibly well-respected organizations, two organizations that have won a ton uh, throughout the course of this league, So, yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast to see. Uh, Much like you, I'm very thankful I'm not going to be sitting outside in the (laughs) four-degree weather or whatever it ends up being. Uh, But I do know one thing, that that Bobby and Danny Moe and all those guys down there are going to have the Raiders ready to rock as far as the equipment is going to go. And you brought up a great point. It is a full-team effort to get this team to Pittsburgh and to have everything they need so they can be outfitted to go out there and, and do their absolute best. Thank you, Eddie.
0: Thanks for everything this year. Have a great holiday with your wife, and I'll see you soon.
4: Absolutely. Same to you guys.
0: All right, Eddie Pascal joining us from the Raiders inside the Raiders. Check out all of his podcasts up there at Raiders.com. My good friend Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. How about that? He'll check in. He's got a big game coming up. Detroit's for real. Detroit. I'm looking at NFL Live. They just did a segment on Detroit. One of the premier broadcasters in all sports, Chris Myers, On deck, we'll get you ready. Tomorrow, the coach's interview and a replay of the Raiders' roundtable with George Atkinson, the interview I conducted earlier in the week, which I'm really excited, excited for you to hear. It's really good. George was fantastic.
4: Returns it up top, the Spear to the
0: right, and his pass broken up, two on
1: one. Stevenson coming out with Stone. Stevenson left circle, toward the middle, Stone stopped, rebound, loose in front, Stone scores!
3: They're going wild! Stone, a shorthanded goal, for 2
0: Vegas. Second goal of the period for Stone. Dan Duva on the call. Good for that last night. The home streak going. Let's win some games at home, VGK. JT with you, my good friend. Long-time friend. Been working with him for 20 years on this show and as a colleague. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox, who's got a big game coming up here this week. And Chris, great to talk to you. As you got the Lions again, one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest in the NFL. What a game. How are you?
5: Uh, it's a Merry Christmas to you and your family and your listeners. Yeah, the light, we had some... Lion games earlier in the year when they were when they were struggling, you know, to one and six and so no one in six team has gone on to make the playoffs. But I, I think they're looking pretty good. I mean they control the path. We'll need a little bit of a little bit of help, but uh, their schedule a little bit favorable at this point. Goff's playing great. And the Panthers, uh, which is amazing to me, with two head you know, coaches and three different quarterbacks and trading away McCaffrey and one of their starting receivers. If they win out, they they win the the NFC South, whatever their record is at, at the end of so it's yeah, it's a great it's a great matchup.
0: Chris, let's stay with what happened in that division with the work you do in the offseason, the preseason with the Buccaneers over the years, knowing the franchise as well as you have. They still have a game lead up on the Panthers. But what's happened there, especially Atlanta? I feel like Atlanta, this division could have been handed to them a month ago. They just took care of business. They're 1-6 on the road. The Saints are 1-5 on the road. The Panthers 1-5. And, and Tom Brady 2-4 and four on the road this year. I mean, this is crazy going into the final three weeks here. And I guess the Buccaneers still got a lot of work to do to take care of business.
5: Yeah. And they lost head to head to Carolina. And I I think we were all, we were all just kind of handing the division to the the Bucs JT based on, you know, Atlanta probably has the least talent across the board in the division. And they, they tried, they had the injury quarterback. And so they've gone young there. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know that they're still really in the, in the mix that, the Panthers have a lot of number one picks on on defense, but do they have a quarterback? I mean, you still think you have to think as disappointing as the Bucks have played that with Brady to get any protection. It's really their defense too, JT, that that let them down, I know they've had some injuries. But to have a and they're perfect examples last week have a seventeen nothing lead. Of course, they turn it over in the second half four times, but they still can't stop Burrow and the Bengals. So yeah, it's they're, they're, I still think they're going to win that division by default, but they're going to they're going to make it interesting and leave the door open for the Panthers.
0: Chris Myers, NFL on Fox. Yeah, on top of that, you win the division. You get a home playoff game. It could reset your franchise. Uh, let's go to the Lions and what they did. The Vikings ran away in hothead. They have a four-game lead over the Lions. Packers are only one game behind the Lions. I don't think I've ever said that in my career. Packers are a game behind the Lions this late into the season. But you'll get a chance to sit down with Dan Campbell in your pre-show meetings before the game. And what changed for this team? Because I thought... In the beginning, they had such bad luck. They were playing hard. Now they're playing hard, but very efficient, especially with Goff in that passing game.
5: Yeah, uh, other than health, right, which is the offensive line, is certainly one of the better ones in the league Get healthy. Jared Goff is having uh, the, the best season of his career, at least playing the best football, whatever the numbers are. Last six games, hasn't turned it over. He's put the ball in the air a lot. The team believed in Dan even early in the year when they were struggling or early when he took over and he came in with this tough, physical guy thing, and it just, you know, they just didn't have enough healthy talent around and big playability. They have it on offense. They have the five, you talk about, you go through that receiver core, five quality receivers that do a lot of things from Josh Reynolds, the the former Ram Amon Ross St. Brown, their top pick, who's finally healthy. They're trying to one of the speediest players in the league. And Jamison Williams, you remember him from college football and injury in that championship game. And what they do is they run the ball really well. And having both backs healthy at the same time, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, they're really good once they get in the red zone. A lot of teams stall. They can pound you and run with that line. Or Goff is as crisp and as sharp as I've seen him. He's got an array of receivers uh, to go to, even using tight ends, as we saw when they they traded T.J. Hawkinson, which was a question mark at the time, but what's really changed – for them, as their defense was horrible earlier in the year. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson has come along. He's improved in every game and is, is a difference maker. They, they let go of uh, defensive backs coach uh, Dan Campbell, like the year before, who had to come in and call plays or tweak the offense a little bit, has handed off uh, to a, uh, his offensive coordinator. And, and on defense, Aaron Glenn is the coordinator, but Dan got a little more involved. Made, made some not necessarily personnel changes, but some concept changes, a little less blitz a little more overall coverage. And I'm telling you, JT, this, uh, I know everybody's kind of rooting for the underdog Lions unless they're playing your team, but their offense can, can outscore anybody and, and work against any defense. Obviously, they can't afford to, to turn it over, and, and their special teams is also very effective in the, in the return game, as we saw against the Jets. So I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. They had enough of their games this year. Mm. Uh, they have to Ooh. win out, and they finish with the Packers, to, to end the regular season. So that, that will say a lot.
0: Chris Myers joins us here. Jamal Williams has 14 touchdowns rushing. And he could go over 1,000 yards in this game probably or get closer to that and go over that maybe 1,100, 1,200 yards at the end of the season. Yeah, they're very balanced. Chris, I wanted to spend a little more time on Jared Goff here with his numbers. 23 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. We always talk about these elite quarterbacks. Rodgers, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. How do you get to that elite level? Well, you don't have to be elite. You can be very good and well above average. And Goff has been that guy but no one thought he'd be able to prosper this way in Detroit. Do you think Detroit now is happy with this decision and he'll be their franchise quarterback for years to come?
5: Yeah, I think he convinced him this year and he and Dan Campbell really fit, which was an odd fit going in this tough, rugged, you know, in the in the trenches kind of coach. Uh, and then Goff, who was thought of as more as a fanatic, he's a very tough quarterback It deserves a lot of credit for handling going from the Super Bowl Ram team and then, on Detroit, where people thought, ah, eh, he, you know, with the draft picks, he's just going to be there a while. But they've kind of committed to him next year. His contract goes a year before that. He's their guy. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback with their with their high picks. He's he's proven that, and he has really adapted. Well, I tried when we talked to Goff. I said, you know, you said you're playing your best football. Well, you, had, you went to the Super Bowl the Rams. You had good numbers there. He said, well, as I tried to get him to commit. Was it a system thing? You know, you didn't, you weren't as comfortable with Sean McVay as you are. With with Dan Campbell and his offensive coordinator in Detroit, he said, "No, it's not. It's not so much that. I I've just settled in and taken responsibility. There's some physical differences, things that he worked on in the off season, like setting his feet and things like that, that are making his throws a little more effective. But yeah, he's you know to get to, to that elite quarterback level, you got to win playoff games. You can't just win games. and And I think the Lions are in position to do that. Is they're ready? Quite ready for a Super Bowl team because I don't think their defense is good enough. But he's really handled the situation uh, very, very well, I think, uh, when, when people thought he was just tossed to Detroit. And by the way, they, the Lions have mm-hmm. that draft pick of the Rams. Who would have thought that it would be right, I think right now it's at number four. It's a top five pick next year, uh, and, and they only have another one next year. So it really worked out well for the Lions. Of course, the Rams got their, got their Super Bowl, but it's a different story this year.
0: Chris Myers joins us from the NFL on Fox. I screenshot one of your tweets nine days ago. Don't worry, you're not in trouble. When they screenshot my tweets, I tend to get in trouble.
5: Yeah, you
0: have
5: a lot of people coming at you when they screenshot it. What was this they one did. that I sent
0: out? You said Steve Wilkes has done as head coach in Carolina as a major accomplishment. Team and organization was in disarray, traded their top runner and receiver and released their quarterback. Yet they're in contention for a playoff spot. You were talking about this nine days ago about their ability to run the table. What a situation for them and their fans who have been loyal and really went through a roller coaster ride this year with the richest owner in the entire NFL.
5: Yeah, who had, and Wilkes who's a Carolina guy. You know, he's from that area. He's come back. He's brought a lot of discipline, physical toughness, defensive minded. He doesn't have – they don't have their answer at quarterback. Sam Darnold knows, even though he's played error-free the last few games for them, and he's a little more athletic, but he knows he's playing for a job next year, a contract somewhere in the NFL. So the Panthers have to solve that. They also have to decide on their head coach. Wilkes came in, made some changes with some some assistant coaches. They're really kind of short-staffed there. Uh, but he brought the right a little bit of the Dan Campbell attitude. In fact, Dan Campbell said today for this game, you know, I, I appreciate what Steve Wilkes has done. They're going to try to bully us. That's our kind of our kind of football. And so, yes, a, a guy who I think certainly deserves the chance, the opportunity, at least for another season. Now, although you know how that goes, I mean, Rich Basacchi did a terrific job with the Raiders getting into the playoffs, and then they moved on from him. So it's up to the owner, and who knows what's going to happen there. But I think they have a very good coach who has a grip on this team and this organization. They have a lot of talent on defense. You know, number one picks, uh, and and who guys are playing with, JC Horn, uh, you know, Joe Horn's kid. Uh, also, mm-hmm. you got Brian Burns. Uh, Brown up front, I mean, they, they, they have Shaq in defense at the linebacker position who's, who's moved all around for them. So, uh, yes, I, I think Wilkes uh, and, and he's taken Deontay Foreman, who was a, a cast-off guy, and, and run him hard and, and won games with him. And, and I think that's how they have to win. They might have to get a little more out of Sam Darnold this week with really one reliable receiver and D.J. Moore uh, to, to you know, uh, try and upset the Lions. But but I, I think he deserves this opportunity to have them where they are, despite what the record is. He's four and five. The team, you know, they, they one game below five hundred since he took over.
0: Chris, what a Sunday for Fox! I was at the Raider game, the Chandler Jones lateral interception. I've never seen anything like it because there's never been anything like it. A Fox game, and then the World Cup with Messi. That's the greatest sporting event, in my opinion, ever of all time ever played just by the volume of people who watched it around the world. So not only did Fox have the choice in the NFL package, but they had the greatest game of Messi's life. And, you know, Messi's the greatest of all time. What yes. a victory for Fox.
5: Yeah, and for him and uh, to finally get, you know, that World Cup championship. And it worked out, you know, it went longer. But for Fox, it worked out where it just ended just in time for NFL games uh, to kick off on time on, on Sunday. Had it run longer than that or into games, who knows what would have happened. But, you know, you talk about the Raiders in that finish, and I'm with you. It's very, But think about the history of, of the Raiders, which we're going to celebrate, you know, the immaculate reception, the things they've been involved in with the Steelers, right? The, the holy roller play. I mean, there's just <laughs> – when the Raiders are involved, there's somehow whether they're on the right side. So this time they were on the right side of a, uh, of a crazy – a crazy finish and kept their playoff hopes alive. It's been, I mean, just like the 12 out of the 15 games in the NFL last week were decided by less than one score. So it's been a terrific season, very unpredictable, even though you have some of the, some of the favorite teams that right where we thought they'd be, like Buffalo and, and Kansas City. We didn't see Minnesota running away with the division or Philadelphia in, in their particular divisions. And the 49ers, that's another great story. I mean, with Brock Purdy onto to a third-string quarterback and looking like a Super Bowl team.
0: The underscore Chris Myers, and you can also follow him on Instagram. He's a must follow on the gram, as my wife would often say. And we wish you <laughs> sure. a great holiday, my friend. All the best, man. I, wait, I hope to see you real soon or right after the new year, and I'll see you in uh, Glendale for the Super Bowl.
5: Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk playoffs. By the way, your recommendation of The Watcher was terrific. Well, I, I was hooked on that. So if you have another one, send it my way.
0: All right, Chris, I will. I'll send you all what I'm wa- I watch the Royals, you know, and from Meghan and Harry to The Crown to all that. So I'm all roiled out now, and I'm looking for something new on Netflix. My sons are home. They're watching movies. My sons just went to the new Avatar movie well over three hours, and they loved it. They watched the first one at the house. We had it up, we were watching it, they got the windows blacked in their room, they put down these black tarps over the windows to make it real good on the screen, and they went and watched the new Avatar movie and loved it, said it was fantastic, so maybe my wife and I will catch a movie at some point, but I am grinding right now everybody, tomorrow we'll be on, I'll be on from 12 to 1 tomorrow, doing the show, the second hour I'll have my interview with Coach McDaniels, Raiders Roundtable with George Atkinson. And then right at 3 o'clock tomorrow, I'm on from 3 to 6 p.m., hosting solo on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM. So two radio shows tomorrow, a lot of radio over the holidays. I'll be on a whole bunch of different platforms. And then Saturday, Christmas Eve, you'll find me at M with Eric Allen. Christmas Eve at M Resorts Bond Casino at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. I wonder what they're serving up on Christmas Eve at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. We'll find out. We'll be there. If you're home for Christmas in Vegas, Christmas Eve, Come watch the first half with us or the whole game or the post-game show. We'll be there for you at M. That is on Saturday. Raiders win that game. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun over the holidays heading into New Year's Eve with the Niners coming to town. Thanks to Bobby. How about Phil Villapiano in that interview? Bravo to Phil for sharing his thoughts about his great friend Franco Harris, Eddie Pascal, Chris Myers, Lee Sterling. Q's coming up next, as always. He has a great show lined up. Heading to Circa tonight to Chef Barry's to say hi to my good friend. Everybody enjoy the holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas.